Welcome to the Basics of Virtual Assistance podcast, your go-to destination for all things virtual assistant. I'm your host, Paul, and I'm absolutely thrilled to have you join us today. Just four short years ago, I took the leap into the world of virtual assistance, and let me tell you, I have never looked back. Now it's my turn to help you take the same exciting path. As we explore this world together, I'll be sharing my experiences, insight, and all the valuable lessons I've learned along the way. So get ready to explore the world of virtual assistance, uncover its limitless potential, and let me guide you on your path to becoming a successful virtual assistant. The transformation into a skilled virtual assistant starts right here, right now. Let's get started. Today's episode nearly didn't happen, but here we are. So before we jump into this episode, I'm going to share with you all the tea on why we nearly didn't have this episode. So normally I try and record a week out to make things easier for myself, but this past week, where I am, we have had no power for over half the day most days. It's just like hot and stormy and all these things going on. And so the time we did have power has been used to smash out client work. So I was like, fine, I'm just gonna use one of my backup episodes. Nope, my computer deleted them. And of course I hadn't backed them up. So lesson learnt. Anyway, this episode was definitely its own challenge, but as you can see, it's here and ready to listen to. So this week's episode is a Q&A episode. I've received so many questions over the past few weeks, so I've banked them up to use in this episode. If you ever have any questions you want answered, you can come chat in my DMs or Instagram or on TikTok. I'm the Basics for Virtual Assistants over there. Or come and join my Facebook group, The Basics for Virtual Assistants, where I also answer questions. Before we jump into this week's questions, I want to say that most asked question always is how do I start? So if this is a question you have, then I would recommend listening to episode two, three, and eight. These three episodes are really great starting points. The first question of the episode, do you need experience to be a virtual assistant? Not only do I get this in my comments, but I see it all the time on socials. The answer is no. You do not need to have any experience to become a virtual assistant. You can start out fresh and jump right on in. In saying this, everyone has skills that they have developed over time, whether that's from school, previous jobs, or just hobbies. Everyone has some skills, and all of these can be used within your virtual assistant business. But no, you do not need any particular skills to become a VA. Next question is, what made you decide to become a virtual assistant, and did you start it full-time or part-time with a job on the side? And this one came from my Facebook group and made me realize I hadn't really spoken about it on the podcast yet. Why did I become a virtual assistant? My why is pretty simple. I wanted to stay home with my kids, but like most mums, it came to a point where I really needed to bring in some form of income into our household if we were going to thrive. So I scoured the internet for jobs I could do from home. I stumbled across virtual assistants thought it looks like something I could do and enjoy. And then it grew from there. When I first started, I was part-time. I worked maybe 20 hours a month. Both of my kids were still quite young and I had them home with me full-time. So I just worked nap times and at night. I actually didn't take the leap into being a full-time BA until mid 2021, 2022-ish when my youngest went off to school, which was four years into my virtual assistant journey. I did work outside of the home during this time because I wasn't certain if I'd returned to my previous teaching position or not, but I still worked as a VA on the side. It took me going back to realize how much I loved being a VA and this was a push I needed to jump into full time. All right, on to the next question. What networking strategies and platforms would you recommend for virtual assistants to connect with potential clients and other professionals in the industry? 
So I'm going to start this one off by saying that I hear all the time how great Fiverr and those types of platforms are, but I cannot share any advice on these as I've never used them. It just isn't my style. I just don't like the whole concept behind them. I do, however, recommend Facebook groups for finding and connecting with potential clients. I have found Facebook groups very specific to my ideal client's area of expertise or business has been hands down the easiest and most effective way to find clients. Now, if you don't know who your ideal client is, you should listen to episode two and work it out because it makes all the difference in finding clients. You have to be really particular about the groups you choose and don't go in with the sell mindset of selling yourself and your services. You need to go in with the serve mindset. How can I help people in this group? And then once you've shown them how you can help them, share with them about yourself and about your business. No one likes the person who is just commenting on every post that I can do that. I can help you build a connection first. I've also heard great things at LinkedIn. So if your ideal client is there, definitely head over. But again, I haven't as my ideal client is not on there. I loved this question when I read it in my inbox. How can virtual assistants create a sustainable work-life balance considering the flexible nature of the job? Let's start off by saying everyone's balance will look different. Secondly, your version of balance may tip and change. For example, you might have a client that launches. That means... That might mean you have a really busy period and then a lull. So balance for you might mean you have a few months of busy and then a few months of quiet. So I feel like this is something that you need to focus on for yourself. Does work-life balance mean you sleep in and don't start till 10? You go for it. Pick clients who don't need you before this time or clients whose work only has a deadline and not a set daily hours. You only want to work two days, go for it. Again, find clients who suit this. Setting boundaries is also a huge part of work-life balance. Making sure you have personal work boundaries as well as work boundaries for your clients is so important in creating a work-life balance for yourself. I think boundaries are so important that I created a whole episode on it. Episode five is all about boundaries if you want to go and listen to it. The final question for this episode is can you share tips for effective communication with clients and maintaining strong client relationships as a virtual assistant? Firstly, let's start out with honesty is the best policy always. Your client would rather know that you can't do something on time or you've made a mistake or there is an error than to find out later when they don't have time to fix it or find out after it's already caused an, a long-term issue. We need to respect that our clients' businesses are like their children and you need to treat it in such a way that you are communicating with them about everything. Even if sometimes you feel like you're over-communicating and your client feels like you're over-communicating, I feel like it's always better to communicate more than less. In saying that, I think that it's important to make sure that you are the one who is ensuring that there is communication. It is so easy for your clients who are super busy people running businesses to forget to communicate with you. If you need something, you need to ask them. If you want them to check something, if there is something coming up that you think is important to them, if you have information they need, you need to communicate that, okay? We cannot expect all the responsibility to fall on our clients' shoulders. Most of the time, our clients are hiring us because they are trying to offload tasks, not gain more tasks. So it is super important for us to be the ones to ensure that there is open communication regularly. The best way to build strong client relationships is to talk to them, is to communicate with them. Also, I find me personally, the type of client I work for, following their social media, asking about their life, 
following up on things that you know are going on. If you know, like you look and you can see that something is planned to come up, okay, is there anything I can help you with that? Creating this, okay, I'm a part of your business. I care about your business. I care about you relationship rather than a super strong, the work is done. Don't ask anything else. You want to treat your clients like you would treat a co-worker in a normal job. Because as much as they are a superior in their business, they are your co-worker and you need to create that relationship. It's so important to remember that your client is also a person and yes, they own a huge business, but no, it does not change the fact that they are a person and being respectful and understanding and communicating with them in that way is the most important thing you can now that brings us to the end of the episode it is a nice and short sweet one for us this week uh i hope that you enjoyed listening and uh if you ask a question hope that i've answered it for you if you have any questions come and ask them over in my facebook group instagram tiktok wherever you are i am always happy to answer questions and don't forget to tune into next week's episode